Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, creatives. So happy to have you tune into our second season of Bring Up Creativity. I'm your host, Daniela Bonche, a Toronto-based graphic designer and serial entrepreneur looking to spread awareness on pursuing your creative passions or endeavors, whether it be in business, a side hustle, or hobby, you name it. On today's episode of Bring Up Creativity, I am joined with the ever-so-talented Bonnie. Bonnie is a brand strategist and designer for creative entrepreneurs, as well as a coach for fellow graphic, brand, and web designers. She specializes in crafting high-converting strategic brands for her custom design clients. And she currently teaches fellow designers how to generate consistent income and connect with their ideal clients on repeat through the Brand Strategy School, her signature program for designers. She's based in the beautiful Waco, Texas, with her husband of almost 10 years and their two rambunctious golden retrievers, Boone and Quinn. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Hey, Danielle. I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing so great. Thank you for jumping on and chatting with me today. I'm super excited about today's conversation. I know we've got a lot of common ground and I hope I can get it all in within 30 to 45 minutes of your time. (laughs) I am so excited about this. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. And I know that you and I, just in terms of like the way that we structure our businesses and even some of the, you know, like values that we have in common, I think that there's so much great stuff that we can explore during today's conversation. So thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And it's the topic that we're that we're covering today that I'm super excited about because I know that a lot of designers sometimes feel like they need to overwork to hit maybe their their financial goals or to feel like they're running their business properly. And I, I do find that's a bit of a misconception. I mean, I do know sometimes that you ha- you do have to work, you know, extra hours depending on the projects that you set for yourself to complete for the day, but I'm so excited to get into all of that. But first and foremost, I wanted to start off just to get to know you on a more personal level. What is your go-to tea or coffee order or what are you making at home right now? Mm, Such a fun question. I am a big coffee drinker right now. I like to keep it simple. Uh, Just a good homemade oat milk latte is my go-to. Or if I'm like out running errands, stopping by a local coffee shop, that's usually what I am appreciating these days. I love that. And I always go for the classics. So like sometimes I do change it up every now and then where I get something a bit more flavorful. But in terms of what you're going to have on a daily basis, I do prefer something that's a bit more simpler and it's just an automatic go-to and it's a bit easier to make at home. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And oat milk is an absolute go-to when you don't always want to have something that's full of I don't know, dairy or lactose or anything like that. Yes. And actually, so this is probably like too much information, but like I'm actually lactose intolerant. So oat milk for me has been just like a really great swap that it's really easy to find at your local grocery store. It has like, you know, if you're incorporating it in like a latte or something like that, it like froths really well. So I am, I'm a fan. I am too. Out of any of the milks, like soy, cashew, so many different types out there, I think oat is definitely my favorite too. I I even like the flavor of it. I know some people might be against it, but I think it tastes really good. I mean, gosh, there's so many like different options out there. You're so right. Like we have, I feel like just as consumers right now, we're spoiled for choice. Like there's so many different, different options that we can explore, but that's just lately what has really been doing it for me. So I love that that's something that um, you're enjoying too. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And I'm probably going to make one after this now that (laughs) that you've inspired me again. I want to start 
off, let's go back in time a little bit. I feel like before we start our business, it's kind of almost, do we start a business? Do we not? Or it's just, we knew we were destined to be entrepreneurs. But for you, how and when did you decide to run your own branding business? Mm, Great question. For me personally, I did not have that kind of foresight where I knew like I, I was born to be an entrepreneur. This is always something that I had on my radar. Actually, for me, I very much, I, I kind of like joke with people that I, I feel like I sort of fell into having my own business accidentally. Like I definitely identify as an accidental entrepreneur because it wasn't really something that was on my radar. It wasn't really something that I sought out to do. I actually started my business when I was in college. I was getting ready to graduate actually. And, and just the season of life that I was in, like I just felt like there was a lot of uncertainty. Like I was getting ready to Mm. graduate from college. I didn't have a like, you know, more traditional like nine to five corporate position lined up like some of my peers did. And I was also engaged at the time to my now husband. And so we were planning our wedding. I was going to move halfway across the country to live with him. So there was just a lot of change that was happening in my life. And I look back on it now and it was probably a little like wild to with all that change that was happening, be like, yeah, sure. Right now is a great time to start a business. I have no idea what I'm doing, but let's, let's do it. But I decided to just like a lot of people do, let me start a website. Let me see if I can just make some extra sort of supplemental income on the side And design is something that I had a passion for. It was something that I really fell in love with actually during my college experience. My major was in journalism with an emphasis in news editorial. So that kind of that focus actually exposes you to like newspaper layout and magazine layout and a lot of print design. And for me, that was something that really just captured my interest. And I wanted to explore that a little bit. And in 2012, I launched a little website and just kind of put myself out there, just sort of doing freelance graphic design work. And at that time, I was doing like so many of us who have gone the freelance route. Yes. You're taking on all kinds of projects. You're taking on, you know, whatever kind of comes across your radar. Oh, yeah. But when I started to get the opportunity, like as, as I started this business, I started to hear from friends and people that I knew who were like, oh, hey, could, I, I'm starting a photography business or actually I'm going to start you know, taking on some wedding planning projects for, as my friends get married. Could you create a logo for me? Could you, you know, help set me up with a website? And so that's kind of when I started to see, oh, actually the world of branding, this entire area has so much potential and there's so much opportunity to dig into capturing someone's story and then reflecting that through the design you create. And so for me, that's actually how, in a very sort of like convoluted way, I really found my footing in the branding industry. And that subset of design was really where I decided to kind of like set down roots And over the last 10 years, that's been the primary focus of my business. And that's what I still do to this day is, of course, it's definitely like I've I've refined over the years who my ideal clients are and what my signature process looks like and all of those sorts of things. But honestly, I love brand identity work as much today as I, I did when I fell in love with it way back when. I so appreciate you 
not only taking us from where you started, but to where you are now, like taking us on that journey in the most condensed fashion that you could have even (laughs) informed us about. Just because I feel like when I talk to people about, did they know that they were going to be a destined entrepreneur? A lot of times the answer is no. And then when you said you kind of fell into it, like, yeah, I relate to that. And I know a lot of people who feel that way too, just because how are you supposed to know when you're of a young age that you're going to be an entrepreneur? I mean, I love when people know that about themselves from a very young age. The only thing I knew was that I was creative and I love design. I never pictured it being a business. So for you to fall into it in the terms that you said, it's, it's a really actual, it's very true. And we started on a similar note. I was actually starting out in the last final years of my college um, degree as well, mm-hmm. where I started freelancing. And like you said, taking on any project that you could to try and build your portfolio or just to for extra income to put back into the business or just for your life. I mean, like you clearly were going through a lot when you started your business. I cannot say I was in the same situation, <laughs> but um, that just makes me think, wow, you were able to handle a lot, you know, moving, planning a wedding, finishing up schooling. And a lot of times people undermine how much work goes into even just freelancing. Mm-hmm. How are you handling all of that? Yeah. I think that when I look back on how much I was juggling, I think that that was only something that I took on because of the way that like I had focused on structuring my course load in college. And it was just kind of like the way that I'd I'd already been doing things. Like I focused on having like really full semesters in terms of like the classes I was taking. So there's always like a lot of homework or projects or, you know, things that I was doing. And so honestly, kind of looking at all right, I'm stepping out of this season of being a college student and into this season of being a new graduate and planning a wedding and moving. Like, I just need to kind of, I just need to, you know, break this down and yeah. approach it like I would any sort of these, like, you know, projects that I've been doing for my degree. And when I look back on that, I probably would do things differently. Like I would give myself more grace and more space, but Hey, at the time, like younger me was like such a high achiever and like, you know, more power to you. Like, you know, go for it girl. But (laughs) this, the season of life that I'm in right now, I value my time. I value my rest. I value my mental health so much that like, uh, I don't know if I'd like recommend that to anyone (laughs) who's in the same boat, but like, right. Like sometimes as, as entrepreneurs, well, actually, no, as people, sometimes we don't, we don't have that much freedom to turn down opportunities, right? Like we, we see it and we're like, it's now or never, and I have to go for it. And so I think for me, that was one of those things where I saw the opportunity and I didn't really know where it was going to take me. Like this could have been, you know, kind of something that I approach as like an experiment for a couple of years and maybe it doesn't like work out and you know, that's okay. It'll lead me to something else. Or maybe, you know, here I am 10 years later and like that decision to take that leap has turned into a career for me. And it's given me the opportunity to not only show up and serve my one-on-one clients and to pour into their lives and to pour into their businesses through the design work that we do, but also over the years, I've created uh, courses and educational experiences for fellow designers. So it's helped me pour my expertise and my knowledge into up and coming designers and help our industry as a whole in that way. And so looking back on that, uh, it's, I'm very humbled that, you know, that accidental leap has brought me to where I am today. But I definitely think that 
anytime you have like a big project or a big amount of transition where you're growing your business or you're starting a business and you have a lot going on in your personal life, it's important to think about, okay, how can I, instead of trying to do everything and doing everything perfectly, how can I focus on doing just a few things? A few things that are going to like move the needle forward and a few actions or steps that will continue to help me achieve my goals while honoring the fact that I am human and I deserve rest and I deserve to take care of myself and I uh, don't need to be burnt out in order to quote unquote make it, you know, thinking about approaching, approaching things whenever you're in a hectic season of life that way has personally helped me feel supported and show up for myself while still taking action that is generating uh, the kind of results that I want to see. Hey creatives, don't mind me interrupting our episode to share our latest affiliate information to help you save on one of the most versatile and creative programs of the century. Adobe Creative Cloud is offering 60% off all plans for students and teachers. Not only that, but you will also experience a free 30-day Adobe stock trial. Click our code and link below to receive this promotion and save this year. Adobe Creative Cloud unleashes creativity for everyone so that anyone can make whatever they want, whenever they want. Absolutely. Like I've never listened to something and agreed wholeheartedly on as much as what you just said, to be honest with you, because I feel like we've all had at least a couple of seasons in life as entrepreneurs and designers where we took on too much and we acknowledged it as soon as our body is, you feel it like you, Mm -hmm. your body tells you you've done too much. You need to rest. Absolutely. But sometimes you're like, okay, I already agreed. I'll, I'll get through it. I'll get through it. But then at the end of it, do you feel as satisfied? And I know for me personally, I wasn't feeling as satisfied. I was happy. I was able, I'm like, wow, look at me. I handled all of it. Great. And then I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, okay, maybe you handled it great for your clients, but what about for you? Did you handle it the best for you? Like, have you even been able to really get out and feel good that you walked the dog today? Were you able to know that you ate some good food? Were you able to know that you could take some moments to breathe or not feel guilty about going on your lunch break or not feeling guilty about even taking a few minutes in between? Because there are points and seasons where we've we've gone through it, whether it be in the beginning, whether we end up enduring it somewhere in the middle again. And it's like these waves where we underestimate ourselves. And it's a topic that I, I've been wanting to talk about on here, at least in particular for us branding designers. And obviously from hearing you speak, you did have that pivotal moment where you were acknowledging that you were working countless hours. Was it specifically at that moment when you were just starting out or has there been a point before realizing now and helping other brand designers, was there another pivotal moment that you acknowledged, okay, I just took on too much and I'm quite burnt out? If I'm being totally honest, like I think that there have been multiple experiences over my my career where I have felt burnt out. I have experienced burnout and I don't, I unfortunately don't think that I'm the only one. I don't think that my experience is uncommon. I think that especially in the design community, we care as designers, we care so deeply about the work that we do. And we care so deeply about how we're showing up for our clients Yes, that often we put, just like you said, we put ourselves on the back burner. And so looking back in my own experience, yes, like initially there was that kind of like transformative moment where I realized that for as hard as I was working, taking on yet another low paying freelance project, 
at the cost of my time and my energy and my well-being. Like it, it wasn't adding up. Like the dollars that were landing in my bank account were nowhere near. First of all, I was undercharging, so they were nowhere near what they should have been. But also, it wasn't it wasn't worth the emotional, physical, and mental uh, cost on my on my end. So realizing that like burnout for me is never worth the low pay kind of kicked kicked something in my mind into yeah. high gear where I was like, gosh, like this can't be, this can't be like the freedom of running your own business that everyone talks about. Like this can't be it. Like this is not, I'm not happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm, I'm exhausted. My health is suffering. It, this isn't worth it. And so looking at that and saying, all right, knowing that my business exists to help me have an impact in the world. And my business is a tool for me to pursue my passion and do what I love and make money and help my clients along the way. What changes can I make so that my business is a tool that supports me, but I am not a tool that supports my business? Like, right? Like I wanted to flip the way I was viewing it so that I wasn't existing to prop up my business. My my business existed to support me. I didn't, you know, I'm a human. I, I deserve, and every person, just because we're humans, our birthright is to have freedom and to rest and to be, uh, you know, pursuing what success looks like to us. And I think sometimes we, because we care so much about our businesses, we can fall into this pattern where we're putting so much priority on the business and the client work that we're doing. And that's where we find ourselves kind of getting into those rhythms where we're working longer hours, but the compensation isn't there. And and that's kind of how we, I think, kind of continue to stay, stay stuck essentially in these patterns where we're working a ton, we're either on the road to burnout or we're currently burnt out and we're not being compensated appropriately for the energy and the skill that's going into what we're doing. And that to me is kind of a big issue that impacts our industry. And that yes. is one of the reasons why I'm I'm so passionate about like having conversations like we're having today so that if we can just normalize it for folks so that they feel that freedom to say, hey, actually I can kind of break up with this mentality that I have to hustle for my worth to be a successful business owner. And instead, you know, I can redefine things so that my business serves me and my goals and honors my quality of life. You know, that's something that we can do and still be generating the kind of income that we want to so that we can achieve our financial goals. You said it beautifully. And I'm so excited to be talking about this topic just because we can talk about it on Instagram. It feels less personal. But also when I started my business, there weren't tools or resources to tell me the ins and outs or what to look out for or average pricing. I was reading a lot of books, but I ended up realizing I was reading the wrong books. Mm. They were so focused on like agency prices. And when I first started, I was not an agency at all. So I was reading all of the wrong things. And so I was talking to somebody like months back at the end of 2021. And I was saying, now is like one of the best times to start a business and in in particular like running a graphic design studio with these types of Mm -hmm. services because there's so many resources that we can enroll ourselves in or listen to on podcasts that can help us determine okay I should acknowledge when my body is telling me it's it's too much 
Maybe I am undercharging. Why do I feel like I'm not meeting my financial goals? Why am I just breaking even? Or if you really look at it, am I losing money? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, and like, and like you said, like, those are all feelings that we, we probably have all felt at some point in our business. But for me, one of the hardest things that I wanted to acknowledge was passive income or other things I could do to try and alleviate my stress and still make some money while I am running my graphic design studio. I know there are a lot of things that us designers can be doing to help take things off of our plate and make us feel better at the end of the day, because I know we are all so passionate about what we do. Like you said, you still feel just as excited to formulate a brand identity as you did 10 years ago when you first started. Mm -hmm. It's such an exciting and passionate career to be in. But obviously with anything that we do in life, there are pros and cons. But the one thing I've been super excited to talk to you about are tools that we can do to help us. And what do you think are some things designers can do to earn more without working these hustle mode that we like to call it longer hours? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think that one thing to kind of highlight is that Unless you choose to switch to an agency model, if you continue to be living that, you know, that like team of one, that solopreneur kind of approach, which is absolutely fantastic. Like there's, there's no pressure like ever to switch your business model to a team or an agency if that doesn't serve you well, if that's not what you're interested in. So I'm going to kind of talk through some ways that individual freelancers and solopreneurs can focus on earning more without, you know, logging longer hours. And so the first thing that I recommend is to stop charging hourly for your design work. And that's something that is freelancers, especially when we're first getting started, that feels a little foreign to us to make that switch from charging hourly to what I recommend instead is practicing value-based pricing. And that's because as freelancers, like we're tied, okay, you are rewarded financially. You're compensated for the amount of time it takes you to complete a project. And so we price our packages by sitting down and saying like, okay, it takes me 10 hours to do this. And I want to make, you know, $100 an hour. So this is, you know, like we sit down and do that. But what that does is when we run into this, this point in our businesses where we have honed our skills as designers, and we are able to design more quickly and more efficiently, right? Unless you're raising your hourly rate, you eventually meet this ceiling where you are actually making less money if you're charging hourly because you're getting so good at what you do and you're doing it so quickly and efficiently. So instead of um, charging for your work as a designer hourly, and when you're thinking about how you're putting together your packages, Something that I always recommend with my students inside my program for designers is to focus on value-based pricing. So instead of looking at how much time does it take me to do this work, instead look at what is the value that my ideal client perceives this work to be worth? And to be sure there's like some research and some kind of, you know, investigative actions you can take to figure out more of what your ideal client perceives as value and how they define that monetarily. But if we are looking at putting together really attractive packages that aren't so much focused on how much time it takes you to do it, but instead they're focused on Uh, the immense value that your ideal client perceives the work that you do to be worth, that's when we can start dramatically raising our rates. That's when we can start uh, charging way more. And our packages, we're not like 
packing a ton of deliverables or a ton of like things that will take you more time to design into those services. Instead, we're just flipping the way that you're pricing it so that you're able to earn more without necessarily adding on more time to your workload. I love that. Some other ideas that I found to be really helpful when I look at what my students are doing inside my program and also just like other designers that I have um, spoken with over the years. If you like the idea, if, if you are in a season of life where you really value your time. And so instead of taking on, you know, client projects, one-on-one client projects that end up taking you a couple weeks, or maybe in some cases, depending on how intricate the project is, maybe it takes you, you know, a couple months, exploring a day rate model, like VIP days or design intensives. There's a lot of different names that we have for these in our industry, but the concept here is to take a pared down level of your service that could be a brand strategy workshop. It could be a simple like one page website. It could be a, you know, really simple brand identity, that visual, those visual elements, but taking something that you know how to do that you already have down to kind of like a science within your own business and sharing it with potential clients as a half day or a full day level of service. And so with that, you're able to have, instead of a project that ends up stretching out over the span of weeks, it's a project that you focus on over the course of a half day, a full day, maybe a couple of days. Um, It could be like a VIP week if you really wanted it to be. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of room to get creative and, and to have fun with that sort of model. But what we're, basically what we're doing here is we're focusing on looking at your services as a designer in a way where we are adding value. So with a VIP day rate model, the value of that is that your client is able to experience whatever transformation your work provides, like walking away with their brand strategy completely identified or walking away with a simple one-page website or something like that. They're walking away with that in like a day or a couple days versus a couple weeks or maybe even months with other designers. And that is something that people are willing to pay a premium for, but it protects your time as a designer because you're able to allocate a couple hours to actually do that work. And then you're able to move on to the next thing or you know, you're able to kind of follow that approach and only work a couple days a month if you want to, or just a couple days a week. And so always encouraging yourself to look at the work that you're doing and thinking about, okay, what value do I already know that I can add to what I'm already doing so that I can raise my rates and practice that value-based pricing instead of getting so caught up in this idea of always adding more deliverables so that we are looking at what your ideal client will find to be of immense value that does not require you to create something totally new or reinvent the wheel or work more hours than you actually want to. Those are such amazing ideas that sometimes I think we don't even think about. I mean, for myself personally, in the beginning, like I didn't always think like, hey, I could offer services um, over one whole day and it would be like an intensive for, for me and my client. And I could focus on just them for one day. A lot of times, like even when I was talking to other designers, we were like, how do we handle all of these clients at once. And it was something that I went through too, where I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm juggling like so many projects at once. Like, how am I even managing this? Yeah. And that is such a great idea and such a smart way to be able to put so much time and effort into one client 
and getting to know them on such a, and their, and their business on such a personal level that your creative work over that one day would probably even be better than over a few weeks and trying to handle so many different types of scopes at the same time. So that is such a phenomenal way to lessen your workload while still feeling like we're providing a service that resonates with us. And I know something that's super common. Well, first of all, actually, before I even hop into that, I just want to say that I'm loving seeing that designers are doing more of those, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I log into Instagram or social media and I see that that is becoming way more common. And I think that is such, such a great way to not be logging in a million hours, but just finding a way to ensure like that's what works for them. So a couple of VIPs and then a couple of one-on-ones for a couple of Mm -hmm. weeks and that works for them or vice versa, whatever. And I know that each designer is so different in their own way. I've watched podcasts um, or listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos where some people say, Hey, I take two clients per month. And I see another designer talking and they say, Hey, I take on 10. And I'm like, okay, so this is great that we're also normalizing that everybody's workload is different. And that is something that I found a hard time with because at first (laughs) you're going to laugh, but in the beginning, I used to think I need to have like so many clients and that is how I will define success. And it's such a, It's so funny that that was my mindset in the beginning, but without that mindset, I wouldn't have learned. And I feel like for me and myself that it was best to learn the hard way because I would have never actually known. Mm -hmm. And it's great to come across people like you who can help guide and teach people what, no matter what stage they're in, in their business. Yeah. Well, it's like when we find ourselves in those earlier stages of our businesses where we're, we're believing like, oh, okay, I need to take on like a ton of clients in order to hit my goals. I think that at least for me, I, I can relate to that because I felt that way too. And that's how I like found myself early on burnt out and like yeah. super underpaid. I was like super busy and kind of broke and it wasn't worth it. And for me, that was because I was believing that like as a freelancer, right? Because like when you're really structuring your business as a freelancer, it's really easy to get stuck in that mindset of charging hourly. So when we do that, more clients equals more money. Yes. When we start looking at value-based pricing, more clients, I mean, yes, technically will help you generate more money, but you don't need more clients with value-based pricing in order to hit your revenue goals in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, when you're focusing on pricing yourself hourly, you might need like 10 clients to hit your revenue goal. If you're practicing value-based pricing and you're connecting with the, with your ideal clients, truly your ideal clients, the people that perceive your work to be as valuable as you're saying it is, you might only need like two clients instead of 10 clients. And so that's where we start to reclaim our time and our energy as designers. And, and we start to actually show up as profitable CEOs in our businesses. And we start to invite our ideal clients into these value-packed experiences that you're excited to share and that they're super excited excited to hire you to do. And I find that like that's where once we make that shift, it might feel a little like kind of awkward at first because it's in some cases it kind of feels counterintuitive because like society teaches us that you know more work equals more money, but actually more value equals more earning potential in my experience. 
Yeah. And it's refreshing to talk about this, to be honest. And I absolutely have no problem saying to people the mistakes that I've made in the past, Mm -hmm. meaning I was charging not enough. And it was almost embarrassing, to be honest with you. And then at the same time, overworking myself, taking on so many clients, and then not acknowledging that what I'm providing people provides a huge return on investment for my clients. Mm -hmm. And why am I not acknowledging that? Like they have to invest maybe uh, one or a few times with me, depending on the type of service that they're booking with me and their business. I know, I know the service I provide is good, but I didn't acknowledge that it was worth a value-based price. I thought it was just, okay, I'm going to work. I know this will take me X amount of hours. So this is what I'll charge per hour. And a lot of times I had in the beginning when I wasn't working with my ideal ideal clients, they would say, well, how long is this going to take you? Um, How Mm -hmm. would you, like when you're providing me this number, like how many hours is this? And I used to tell them, oh, it's this many hours. And if it goes over, then I'll, you know, I'll quote you on this. And there were so many things that I just was doing that wasn't sustainable for myself and what I wanted. I mean, I used to tell people I'm running a business so that I can determine my own hours. But I was running a business that was running me and that wasn't, I wasn't actually doing what I was telling people. I like when I was telling people I was running a business to make my own hours, um, it was making my own hours for me because I just Mm -hmm. wasn't well adversed as to how I needed to price what I was providing people and the value that I had. And then your skills grow each year. So should you be analyzing what you're charging every year, even sometimes on a quarterly basis? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we get better over years, we get better over time, we get better over weeks, days, anything like that. And it's refreshing to talk about that with you. Absolutely. And I love that you just said like, don't be afraid to reassess your prices and to increase them even quarterly because you're so right. Like, we as the creative forces, as the brains, as the people behind these businesses, what we learn directly impacts the quality of experience we're able to invite our clients into. And it directly impacts the kind of the kind of services that you can create for your clients. And so when you invest in a course or a group coaching program, when you read a book or listen to a podcast, right? Like, and it pertains to your skills as a designer or your knowledge as a business owner, that's really valuable. And it's important to give yourself that credit and to raise those rates accordingly. So Danielle, I love that you're, you're normalizing this. You're helping to share that message because man, that is like the reminder that we all need in this industry. Don't give credit to me, Bonnie. (laughs) You have been (laughs) providing so much information in just one episode. It blows my mind and it just has opened a window for me to see exactly how you are as like a guide, a mentor, and a teacher for any of your students. And what you're doing is phenomenal. So don't thank me. I thank you for (laughs) joining me and allowing us to see into your world a little bit more. I know sometimes I know you run a podcast too and Sometimes we don't talk about ourselves as much. So I want to thank you so much for just allowing us to have a peek into your journey into this and how you continue to better yourself and your business each and every day and showing us that your priority is your mental health above all else. Mm, Thank you. That really means a lot. That's definitely something that I really appreciate that. But also like through the work that I do with designers as a coach and a mentor and an educator, like that's 
really, I'm, I'm passionate about sharing what I know so that other designers can skip the trial and error and pursue what success looks like to them so they can experience the quality of life they want to in their businesses without sacrificing profit. And so, yeah, for me, that's, that's what it's all about. So I'm just, again, grateful to have been able to have this conversation and get into some of the things that maybe we don't talk about as much as we should, like how how many hours you're working in your business can contribute to the way that you're feeling in your body and how you're showing up for yourself and your, your own well-being. 100%. And I feel like you need to write a book. That's just my honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to direct people to your platforms and if you have anything coming up. So are there any upcoming projects that the listeners should look out for? Where can everybody find you online? Mm, Great question. Well, I love, absolutely love connecting with new people. I am most active on Instagram. So if you tuned into this episode and something resonated with you, or you just want to say hi, or you have a question for me, I would love to connect with you. And you can find me over on Instagram at Bonnie Joy Marie is my handle. Um, like Danielle, like you mentioned, I do have a podcast. It's called the Brand Strategy Podcast. And I share um, just tons of regular content for designers, for service providers to show you how to build a business that honors what success looks like to you without sacrificing a profit. And you can find that pretty much wherever you tune into your favorite shows. It's on, I think, all the major podcasting platforms and apps. And then in terms of any upcoming projects that, that are uh, kind of coming down the pipeline, I actually am in at the end of April, on April 27th, I am teaching a totally free class on how I built a multiple six-figure business without working 40 plus hours each week. So it's a free training where I'm just talking about some honest actions that I that I took and some mistakes that I made so that hopefully you don't make the same ones on my journey to building a wildly profitable business that honors my freedom. And so if that topic is at all intriguing or would serve you well, then I'd love to invite you to come hang out with me then. So um, it's going to be a live class taught on April 27th. You can go to beasforbonniedesign.com slash free to read more about it and to save your free seat. And I should mention that because I honor your time, if you can't join me live that day, there will be a replay for those who sign up. Amazing. And that sounds like such a helpful class. And I love that you're doing it live. And then you'll also have it safe for some people because some of us have some interesting some interesting shifts and working hours that we're working towards bettering. So um, <laughs> that sounds absolutely amazing. And thank you for sharing it with everybody that's tuning in today. And thank you so much again, Bonnie, for joining me. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you. And this is not the last that you'll ever be hearing from me. <laughs> Thanks so much, Danielle. This has honestly been such a fantastic conversation. Again, so grateful for the chance to come and have this conversation with you and can't wait to continue to follow along with your journey and all the incredible things that you're doing. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to stay in touch and shoot you some love, whether it be through direct message or even online too. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. We're always brewing up something new for all of you to tune into and love hearing from you. Our team over here on Brewing Up Creativity would love it if you joined our community in any capacity. Whether it be checking us out on Instagram at Bring Up Creativity or leaving a review to help us better serve you as listeners. If you're looking to join or sponsor an episode, 
reach out to us through email, which is linked in our episode's show notes below. Thanks, creatives.